1: Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com forward slash bcpod for your free audio book download. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. What's up, all you Tony Romos, Cam Newtons, Peyton Mannings, and Joe Flacco's, otherwise known as losers. That's right, losers. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Matt, and we are down to but four teams in the NFL playoff, and we do expect to be dismissing next week Mr. Tom Brady, and also, we're counting on... Bad Christian favorite Russell Wilson being dismissed next week as well. Then, a couple of weeks after that, we'll send Mr. Andrew Luck home as a loser, and we will be left with Green Bay Packers as the world champions once again. So, there you go. You're welcome for my uh, predictions. But, don't go running off to Vegas, because I'm almost always wrong. Yes, that's right. I'm a loser, just like you guys. And if there's one thing losers like to do, it's hang out with other losers. So, Come hang out with Toby, Joey, and I as we travel to do this podcast live in a couple of weeks. We're going to talk about it on the episode, but I'm just going to give you the URL right now so you can be on top of it and get your name on the sign-up early. Anyway, go to badchristian.com forward slash bc pod live right now, and you can read all the fine details about how we're going to do this these uh, live podcasts and where we're going to be and how we're going to decide who gets to go and who doesn't. Thank you to everybody who made the Abandoned Kansas campaign such a success. That went super well. And we do have even more bands in the future that we're going to be announcing and releasing music from. So that stuff's all going great. Thank you guys for being so supportive and just, well, I mean... I don't know if it's that y'all are supportive or you just like the stuff that we make or give away or or sell, but whatever it is, it's working. Thank you. We're having such a great time doing this bad Christian thing, doing the podcast, doing the music. The Emory album is complete and we'll be sharing music right here on the podcast exclusively and you guys will get to hear it first if we can keep Joey from talking and asking dumb questions and breathing over the music while
2: it's playing. Joey, are you ready? Joey sounds good. Matt, depressed. are you ready? I'm ready. America, wait, no, world, are you ready? Three, two, one. I said, hit it now. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, I said, this is a, a Bad Christian podcast. Don't you know you're going to have a good time? <laughs> Woo! All right, welcome to the Bad Christian podcast.
1: We got Matt. Toby and Joey and what we uh let's uh let's go ahead and talk about this podcast live thing.
2: Yeah, we are going out on the road again. We are hitting Indianapolis. We are hitting Nashville. Nashville. We are hitting Atlanta. And then we're coming home, dog, to Charleston SC. What are the dates on it?
0: All of this starts on January the 27th.
1: 27th in. Actually, in, in, that's wrong. It doesn't start on January the 28th, which is a Wednesday. Yeah, you're right. Okay. 28th. <laughs> All right. So January 28th is Indianapolis, January 29th in Nashville, January 30th in Atlanta, and Charleston, South Carolina, January 31st. Now, If you've seen us play, Matt and Toby play in living rooms before, which we're going to play some music at these, or if you've seen our podcast live before, that means you paid $20 to come see our stuff, to come see us do our thing live. (laughs) But we have had such good experience with the stuff we've been giving away, like this podcast. We have the extra special announcement. We are going to perform in these living rooms and these places and do this podcast and play music live for free.
2: Matt, you didn't tell us that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For what? free? Oh, uh, yeah. So I, I'm going to be away from my family and yeah. not, so you're not make gonna, anything? You're not going to get paid for it, but it'll, but trust what, the Lord. it'll be way more exciting. <laughs> so the reason that's going to work out is because uh, the, the BC Club is doing so well and people are supporting us. We're going to use some of that money to buy our plane tickets, to do those kinds of things so that we can. We can go do the stuff we love to do for By free. Alcohol, By alcohol. So the more that y'all, the more people that continue to support stuff like the lineup and the podcast and everything that we do, the more we'll be able to do these free shows. So we do want to encourage everybody to sign up for the BC Club. Now, there's one caveat to this, and that is if you want to come to it, there's only limited spaces. There's only fifty for each. So if yep. So, if you're a member of the BC Club already, then you have a guaranteed spot. If you sign up for the BC Club now, you will have a guaranteed spot at one of these shows. If you if you decide to pay what you want, because I guess I say free, but it's also pay what you want. So, we do hope people will pay to come see us, because that's a good, good, good business model for us. So, if you do pay money, a minimum donation or whatever, to come see the show, you will have a secured spot. And then all the other tickets will be open to people who want to come for free. So... Everybody, right now, all you got to do is go to badchristian.com forward slash live, And if you go over there, that's where you'll see the uh, all the, de- that's where you sign up, essentially. And if you sign up for the, f- the free part, the waiting list there, then we'll notify you a couple of days before the show if you got in or if you didn't get in. But hopefully everybody that wants to come will get in. So we'll see everybody, or at least
2: 50 of you, soon. That's all that's getting in. Bring some pizza, please.
1: Yeah, and bring some pizza. That'll help, too.
2: Yeah. It actually will help. <laughs> Pepperoni bacon.
3: <laughs> all right, let's do this thing.
1: All right. Uh, okay. So, hang on a second. Georgia just came in the room. So I hope she isn't going to <laughs> to interrupt us, but she looks like she's trying to grab my computer and sh- shut it. Georgia, beat it. Beat it. Scram. Mama, come get this baby. Sorry, he guys. She just said beat it and scram. Scram. Do no. his dog. Well, scram. I, I,
2: what did you say? Oh, did you hurt her feelings? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Hi. Oh.
0: Hi, Georgia. Oh. Hi, Georgia. Hello. Say Toby.
1: Hello. Oh. Say Toby. Joey. Say Joey. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. now, scram. All right, so funny that Georgia ought to come in because I did have a story for y'all. That's what I love about this show is getting to update you on my life. We had to take Georgia yeah. to the ER
2: last night. Oh, oh, what time? How late?
1: Oh, just, you know, t- at 9 p.m. Bedtime. Oh, that, that's
2: yeah. how it always happens, I think. I mean, it's almost no matter what. <laughs> bad stuff happens to kids after 8 p.m. Always sure.
1: happens. Well, it's not like we've gone to the ER a million times or anything. This would be the right. sec- second time with this baby. Blood? Yep. Blood. busted eye? Yep. Good Good guess. How'd you know that? Wow. Fallen? Yep. Yep. <laughs> how are you, How'd y'all guess that?
2: That's wow. what every kid does. Wow.
1: <laughs> now we were uh, That's the number one go-to move. She was in her bedroom and climbed up the on her chair and then was climbing up her bookshelf. So she she get up there pretty high, and I think so the chair went out from under, and she went into the bookshelf. So her has a cut on her top of her eye, like the eye yeah. socket was busted up real bad and bleeding and stuff like that. So the doctor says, sure enough, she does have a permanent, probably a permanent scar on her face. So you know. She does now. Uh, they actual, said they'll probably I mean, leave a scar. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, when you're little, you have that scar. So, really, honestly, to tell you the truth, to just show you how much how wonderful of parents we are, I, be, I believe this is probably the fourth scar that this kid has that'll be permanent in her life, and she's just a year and a half old. <laughs> oh my <So>. gosh! <laughs> but she's rough. I don't know. It's not my fault. Well, maybe it probably is. So, well, William has a permanent
0: little problem as well. He uh, he actually had to get an enema.
3: <laughs> Which is not the permanent problem,
0: that's a temporary fixed, but why do you have to have an enema? just he's he's got major constipation problems, and that's what his reflux is based on, like he's spitting up a lot, and he's i mean we're talking he's five years old, he shouldn't be doing that yeah. still, and they said it's because his stomach is so full all the time or his intestines or whatever, so he's standing there naked, and um his mom's about to give him the enema for the second time, so he knows what's about to happen, but he is thinking to himself he's looking at us and he's just like this isn't my only problem he said
2: he said that he said this isn't my only no
0: problem. but that's that's what's going on in yeah. his mind he looks down and he says i've got these two things stuck in my private spot <laughs> <laughs> and, and i look at him i'm like what are you talking about he's just like well it's these two things that aren't supposed to be there he said they're sort of like bouncy balls <laughs> and he's being completely serious he's like they're in there And they're not supposed to be there. And I was just like, well, William, will you show me where these bouncy balls are? And he (laughs) immediately goes to his little scrotum. (laughs) So, like. He just discovered his nutsack? Yes. He he discovered his testicles and he saw them as intruders. (laughs) They're not supposed to be there. You think it's just
2: because he has two older sisters and he thought, no, I'm supposed to have like a vagina? I have a. Well, he
0: obviously recognizes
2: he has a penis and, and. you know,
0: I, but I mean, he's, he's, we keep them separated now. Isn't that no, crazy? No, yeah,
2: yeah, no, I know that. But I'm just saying, like, it just seems weird that, that would be the first time he'd realize about his balls. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's five years old. <laughs> I, uh, I'm i getting in trouble. Uh, two things are happening with us. So Ike is totally aware of his genitals, un- <laughs> but godly amount, unholy amount aware of his genitals. Genital He awareness. never never lets go of his wiener I mean his wiener <laughs> is his favorite toy it's always there he's always playing with it if his if he doesn't have a diaper on his hands are on it I mean like seriously like the diaper almost gives relief and it's just uncomfortable like Joey's parents <laughs> came and watched our kids the other night and uh, Joey's mom was like yeah you know he's, he definitely is uh uh kind of grabbing himself you know a lot and I was like yeah and as they're standing there leaving he's just got his hands just staring at them and just h- looking at them while just playing with his wiener nonstop. And I'm just like, and I have to, I mean, it sucks because obviously what every woman says is, just like Jess, I'm like, I'd am i say, Ike, please do not play with your wiener. You have to stop. You're touching it too much and you can't do that in public. And then Jess, I'll, what does she say immediately? You play with your wiener all the time. That's probably what you can't <laughs> And I go, I do not. Not like that. Not in public. And she's like, well, you know, so anyway. And then the other thing that I did and got Ike in trouble and Ruby, too, is I do this little thing that when they're trying to talk to me, I just interrupt them and think it's funny. Like they'll say, Dad, I go da-da, da-da, da-da. They say, Dad, I want to da-da, da-da, da-da. And now they do it to Jess, but they call it Bubba ba So Jess, <laughs> Jess will be like, I want you guys to, Bub-ba, they'll do that. Bub-ba, bu-ba, bu-ba. Jess, they do said, that to her. Yeah, even like during them getting in trouble <laughs> Jess goes nuclear on them. It's unbelievable. Like I heard it Yesterday, she's in the laundry room. She said, "I." She goes, "Ike, stop!" <laughs> she said, "You stop! You do not do that!" And I was like, Crap. and I know that I'm pretty sure they learned it from me. Yeah, well, and, probably. And, and then I was thinking, and then also, if they start doing that to their teachers, I'm just going to be in big trouble. Yeah. So definitely. I don't even know what to do. So I had I had to sit them down on the couch today and have a serious conversation. And I had to actually say, "Hey, listen, guys. No, you just you're you're hurting your mother's feelings." No more bubba bub. Bu- <laughs> <laughs> have y'all
0: ever, have y'all ever had like a, a story that is hilarious to you, but I mean this is just a given, but is not funny to your wife at all, and you just can't help but to bring it up, and it's not a good thing every time. Uh, Priscilla lived in Japan for two summers, and there was one time she told me this story. <laughs> And she was telling me, and she was expecting a certain reaction out of me, and I just died laughing. She said that she was walking around the corner, this is in Tokyo or in the big city, and there was a guy um, that basically had exposed himself, and so it was Priscilla and a friend, and she's coming around the corner, and the reason why I laughed is because Priscilla actually made the sounds that this guy made, and she was just like, and I walked around the corner, (laughs) And he was, he had his pants down and he was holding himself and he was going, "Eh,
1: eh, eh," (laughs) in Japanese.
0: (laughs) So so she tells me this and I was like, he went, "Eh, eh, eh, eh." (laughs) but to her, it's just not, it's never a funny story because it was, I mean, it was a horrible thing for her. I mean, she was like a freshman in college. And so. Obviously, putting myself in her shoes, being a female in Japan freshman year, that was like a traumatic experience. But just the fact that she made that noise and gave me that look. It's pretty so funny. she
2: actually thought her telling you the story from her point of view was, man, I kind of was sexually harassed. Right. And, and I you just, just died laughing. Yeah, because I'm
0: <laughs> I'm like visualizing this little guy in Japan <laughs> going to. <"Ugh."
2: laughs> like, Priscilla's like a foot taller. than him.
0: <laughs> She's scared to death.
2: Uh, I I don't know if
0: Matt likes the story. I think Matt's thinking, edit. Matt's quiet. Are you
2: still there, Matt? It's probably why, because he's not there. (laughs) Matt? I don't hear you. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I've been cracking up. Oh, sorry. (laughs) I had you on mute. (laughs) I was seriously thinking to myself, "No, that's <laughs> <Matt's laughs> offended." No, that actually happened to Matt. Matt was attacked by a small Asian man, going <laughs> <laughs> to change Matt's life forever. So
1: you had it on mute just now, and Matt, Matt, you were dying laughing. First of all, I made some really good cracks right in the middle that were be- better timed and shorter than Toby's. That were the same thing, but they were lost now because y'all d- couldn't hear me. So your reaction was to laugh at your wife's sexual assault story. Exactly, and that's (laughs) totally messed up. Uh, You know, Joey. Joey, I I mean, Joey. You'd probably make a good trauma counselor. (laughs) Do you do that at your church? (laughs) When people have trauma, and you counsel them? I've been in those situations (laughs) before. I
0: don't know if you're going to label me a trauma counselor. Let's see if I can do an impression of Joey. (laughs) Okay, you be the client.
2: uh, I'll be Joey. And that's when my brother died, and he was just—I heard him make a noise like "Ah," when he died. <laughs> you mean your brother died, and you went? Ah! Your brother sounded like that when he died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me pray for you. Let me pray for you.
1: <laughs> light. You, you got to keep it light. I mean, that's the other thing.
2: In marriage and counseling from the pulpit, you got to keep it light. <laughs> did did she tell you? Did Priscilla tell you the story before you're married or after? Uh it was either while we were
0: engaged or right after but here's the thing is like she even like here's the thing is she was really trying for me to grasp the whole story so she even made the look on her face
2: that this guy made (laughs) so
0: the whole thing just threw me
2: off have y'all ever been flashed before you ever seen somebody like i mean i've been mooned
0: yeah i've been mooned i don't think i've ever been flashed i don't think i've
2: ever been flashed but yeah i kind of it would be kind of fun yeah (laughs) <laughs> oh man the the wiener is just ter- going back to even my son though i do think it's unfair because uh i was talking actually to some some moms uh they were telling us at your mom's them, group one, yeah my mother's <laughs> group that i go to um one of the moms i was talking with was talking about her son um grabbing his pp and uh and girls are always like just why do they always touch it why but i mean Honestly, it's just out. Like a vagina is inside. <laughs> so there's nothing. There's, you know what I mean? Like you. Yo, don't, how can you not? You don't. You know what I mean? Like you. When you're growing up, you always climb a tree. You don't always go into a cave. You uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you
0: you, 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 you don't learn, always you climb into holes. Yeah.
2: But a tree, you climb up and you swing that's on right. it. You play with it. You, you see what it does. <laughs> hey, that 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 is
0: a point. That's a good point. You very rarely see a little kid like sticking his finger up his butt.
2: Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't happen. I mean, I've
0: seen it. (laughs) Yeah, I identify completely with Ike and not with Jessica on this one. Yeah. I mean, it's just... uh, It's also the warmest place on a guy's body. I mean, if your hands are cold and there's nobody around. I mean,
2: it's it's basically exactly where your hands lie if you're standing up straight you know they're right there it's just right in the center of you it's it's everything right there and it's, and just, it's a
0: very unique part of our anatomy and it, sometimes
2: it gets itchy it's sometimes special. it needs to be moved around i don't think women understand that <laughs> as much i think it's, it's basically it needs to be
1: adjusted it's, it's essentially the only authentic people in this world are ike and that japanese man they're
2: just doing what's natural <laughs> they're
1: just the people being transparent all right so <laughs> so
0: would you guys rather get everything chopped off or die? Like, if you had to
2: live the rest of the life without anything, would you? I actually, honestly, I've thought about this a lot, and (laughs) my answer has changed up until probably I would say, honestly, probably till we had kids, I would have said yeah, no matter what, I'd rather die than have my wiener cut off. (laughs) But, now I think I'm going to live. Really? I think I choose to live, yeah. I mean, I think I would have a really great life now I think honestly as I'm getting older I'm realizing the uh how much more deep my marriage is than just sex and and what but for the first know, five so, or six years that was all yeah it was all about yeah. just straight bonding <laughs> <laughs> I would die without
0: it.
1: how about you Matt would you want to live I mean I would imagine that if your all your stuff was gone a lot of your desire would be gone I would think too yeah. so
2: you would just be fine and, and I, mean, I don't know. know. Maybe that's
1: not true, but I could imagine. Like, if you I was watching, Joey, it,
2: Joey just texted this question to Bridget. It's she "Like said, a neutered Diet. dog, it's fine."
0: <laughs> <laughs> y'all remember? Uh, you remember Montel Williams? Yes. yes. Um, he was actually interviewing an asexual, and the person said that exact thing because people were saying, "Do you don't you feel like you're missing out on sex? Do you get depressed?" He said, "I don't have these feelings." And you know what the asexual's name was? What? Toby. Wow. I'll never forget that. It's really crazy. I, I mean, don't you think you it, can't I, even you yeah. can't even call that person him or her? I mean, that's just bizarre to me. You're looking at this person, and you're really thinking to yourself, "It, this person, <laughs> I, 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 I had it. to change. I had to change." This person really could go either way, as far as male or female, and and bottom line, this person was not either. I, well, I, see, zero hormones. Now,
1: now I'm fine, and even sensitive to the people that have gender. Problems or identity, so this isn't a knock on that. However, yeah. no matter what, fundamentally, genetically, you have a Y chromosome or you don't. So you either are male or female, and at a genetic level, at least. So now, whatever so you want to do with it after it, that, I mean, theoretically, this is a guy. You said asexual guy, and he does have a gender yeah. identity genetically. So it, it at least is something. Yeah. Now you, I, whatever <laughs> people choose to do, or you know,
2: maybe that's it's more complicated than that. But yeah, on some level, I've, I've honestly. This, this topic, and I don't want to go too far on this because I don't want to get too serious or, or too goofy and too callous. The idea of, of transgender or somebody being a male or a female and thinking or saying that they are the other, that is a hard concept for me to understand. And I'll, that's where I will just be honest about it. It's a hard concept for me to understand um, if, like Joey right now said, hey, listen, I am a female. I need to have like an operation and change my body to meet what I feel inside yeah. my outside Only because, and I want to be careful how I say this because I want to be respectful, I believe that those feelings are true. I believe that those people uh, feel that way, uh, express themselves that way, uh, identify that way. But I think on a certain level, it seems a bit strange or... Uh, What's the word I want to use here? I, I don't understand how they could know what it would be like. How could a male know what it be, is to be a female? You know That's what I mean? Like interesting point. Like for example, because I know what it. It doesn't matter what my brain says or anything. I know exactly what it's like to have a penis. I know exactly what it's like to have chest hair. I know exactly what it's like to have bigger bones or to be a little bit stronger or faster than potentially s- some females. And uh, with all with all this stuff, I just think I I do wonder. I would love to hear a deeper explanation. Is what I'm saying because I, I like I said, I do believe that people, transgender uh, people, actually do feel this way, do identify this way, do think this stuff. But I'm saying as an as a person who has never experienced that, it it could come like for example, it'd be would it not be similar to say, hey man, I actually feel like I am a black man or I am an Asian. I actually really, you know, just because I really see the world like Asian people do. I really, honestly, I see the world. I think that's totally different. How is that different? And I'm asking. Like, I'm ignorant to this. I mean, so I don't think you're being necessarily
1: insensitive. I think that's a good question. uh, Joey, I just heard your X3 alarm go off. Is that to do an ad? um, It is. I apologize. I turned it off. No, you need that alarm. That's all right. So (laughs) we're going to take a minute here and do... An ad spot for our number one sponsor, X3 Watch. And uh, then we'll come back and we'll finish this conversation. So X3Watch.com forward slash bad Christian, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So X3 Watch is the software that Toby, Matt, and Joey use to monitor our internet browsing habits and be accountable to one another or other people that we choose. We intend not to... Put your wiener back in. We intend to not look at pornography. We find it harmful, detrimental to our spiritual lives and our marriages. And this software is an amazing tool, just a tool, but it's an amazing one that helps us to stay accountable and see what we're looking at. So if we look at go to inappropriate websites, the other of us will automatically get an email reporting that, as well as the website itself being blocked. So we highly recommend it for everybody. If you take your spiritual and browsing life. If you take your life seriously whatsoever and you think pornography is a potential danger, then there's no reason that you shouldn't have this. It's very cheap. You get half off of the premium version of the software if you go to x3watch.com forward slash badchristian. And uh, it's, it's really cheap. It's not much more than a cup of coffee a month. And there's also a free version. So, once again, x3watch.com forward slash bad Christian. No excuse for you
2: not to have this.
1: All right. So, Toby, let's talk m- more about what you were saying there. You were being real insensitive to transgenders, I think.
2: <laughs> I was trying not to be. I, basically, I, I am actually, that's what I'm saying. I don't want to be insensitive. I actually want to learn and I want to grow and I want to know things. And I'm sure some of our listeners out there might already be pissed off at me. And that's okay. I'm not trying to piss you off, but I probably am, I'm really good at that. I don't know if I could tell you I feel a certain way and, you guys should just believe me. You Joey, know what I mean?
1: do you have any hate speech that you'd like to speak right now? No, you know what? I'm I, I part ways with
2: Toby right here. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was going to happen one day. <laughs>
0: Tell us about it, Pastor. Hey, I will say this I had the most bizarre experience. I sat down with a guy, and he actually told me I have all the feelings of a homosexual, I'm attracted to guys. My wife does know. Basically, this this dude believes in the Bible, has accepted Christ, grew up in the church, feels in his heart that it's wrong, and we had the the best dialogue. We really talked it through. He actually thanked me. He said, "Man, I just cannot believe I can share this and not feel judged and all that stuff." And that was it. Like there was like I reached out to him a good little Christianese there. I Reached out to him a bunch of times. He ended up not coming uh, back to our church and never saw him again. And I mean, I'm you got you guys know me. I'm pretty persistent with yeah. follow up and yeah. stuff. And I definitely reached out. And that it was just almost like he needed to have that one conversation. And he's still married. And but I just thought that was so bizarre. I I really
1: what was in the hell does that have up. to do with transgender or what Toby's talking about? Oh, just sexuality. And oh, well, let, I mean, let's first of all, homosexuality and transgender. Most anybody would say are totally different. Topics. Totally the same. So, totally yeah. the same. So, but what do you think? You said you you said you parted ways with Toby on that issue. What do you think about that issue? How Can you help Toby understand, or is he right? What do you, uh, well,
2: now, let me. hard time. Can I clarify too what I, what I don't understand? What I'm saying is my human brain at this point it's hard for me to grasp what that actually means that somebody could say in fact it would almost seem a little bit offensive like if for for a male to say that to a female like i feel like if i was a female i would go what the hell are you talking about you don't know what it's like to have a menstrual cycle you don't know what it's like to have a baby you don't know what it's like to be harassed by men or to be loved loved a certain way or to feel a certain way i mean you're you think that this is what a woman is but is, are, are those not just criteria is that are those not just stereotypes hey well, a the, woman the is this example, way this way uh, well,
1: i think i think that's an interesting point because ha- technically you, you you don't like a dog thinks i mean that sounds Super callous, but a dog can think it's a human because it lives in a human house and only sees humans. Yeah, it doesn't actually know; it just thinks that. So, in the same way, on a way different Matt level, that's like a Pentecostal now, preacher. I, <laughs> I don't agree with Toby. I don't think, but I, th- you're I calling think calling transgender. T- yeah, that's really I think that's up. what that's what a way that you're looking at it now. What and but that's. For you saying like a forty year old man who decides he wants to be a woman or something like that, but what I mean, what would you say about the super ambiguous
2: genitalia of a right four year old? I mean, yeah. you can't. No, that yeah, is, thats is that that is not, not what thing. I'm talking about. No, no, no. I totally I am if that somebody that actually has uh, both genitalia I've known or even I've known just people you know like this. very really? semi ambiguous. Yeah, yeah. I've known yeah. people like this. I have known parents that had to make the decision to either yeah. remove remove a penis or what to, Gary you know, do. Yep. what did he decide? <laughs> that would have been a good joke if people brother. know
1: it was your brother. Yeah,
2: yeah. Hey, um, hey he's Gary. <laughs> he's not
0: Jerry. <laughs> let me let me add to this though. I think someone that you're talking about, Toby, uh, you know, a, a fictitious person who really does exist. How they would respond to this is they would say, "Okay, well, how do you feel?" You would say. I feel like a dude. I feel like I want to have sex with women. Okay, well, imagine, Joey, you know, Joey, you imagine have to, you're Joey. Joey, this
1: no. has nothing yep. to do with who Hold you want to have sex with, by the way.
2: Right, because because th- that, mean that, it's, that it's means way, cause what what when saying, you're like four years having, old, yeah. it
1: has nothing to do with being yeah. gay. It has nothing to do oh, with no, i no, completely no, no, Yeah, well,
0: well, that's what I'm talking what I'm about Toby's initial example of someone that says, I am a woman.
2: I mean, a gay person, a gay male would say, I am a male, and I am also, in fact, attracted to a male. Yeah, that that has the same body as me. That want, has manly features and and you know whatever that criteria to be a man is. That's what I'm attracted to. I'm saying transgender is. Hey, I am not a man. Like it'd be like me saying, "Hey, guys, I'm I, I'm Toby, but my physiology, whatever, my body uh, is is not right." Exactly. And what I'm
0: saying is, they would say, "Well, imagine being a girl and feeling
2: how you feel." You would be like, I'm a dude. No, but my point would be, but that's okay, right? You still have the body you have. It's just, I mean, you feel a certain way, but why would you feel like you... I'm Do you say, feel like I'm a girl right I'm just asking the question. I'm saying, I'm asking the question. Well, how does somebody know, like for me, how would I know or what, what basis or what what does it mean to say, hey, I, I feel like a girl, I need a vagina? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, does the vagina make you a girl? Like what? What do you need that for? Or do you just want to experience? You want you want to experience and express yourself that way? I guess is what the answer is. And, and what I'm saying is, I, I want. I'm asking the question. I'm not. I'm saying I'm ignorant to this. I'm ask. I'm asking like how? How is that possible? What What does that mean for somebody to go? Hey, even though my body is this, I'm this. You know what I'm I mean? An absurd. An absurd. A absurd Ridiculous thing Would be like Hey I'm Toby But I'm actually I want to express myself As a giraffe I just feel like a giraffe I love eating This type of tree I <laughs> and love And then if you were magically
1: into, it, Changed into a giraffe You'd go Oh totally I'm not this Never mind I'm just a person that
2: Wants a, to be You know what I mean Right if I'm you doing research re- on it, but it keeps getting blocked by x <laughs> good anyway, what I'm saying is i don't I know this is a tricky subject I know a lot I don't want to piss people off hopefully i haven't I'm just asking a question here that this is a unique situation of somebody with full you know uh, normal regular body and uh they Think that in, they're inside the wrong body. That that is a really unique thought. Yeah. You know what I mean. And it's only been able to be changed your body in the last what fifty years. Like I mean, what if you did? did people feel this way when in the year thirteen hundred? But they just had to stay in a male or female body. You know what I mean? Like that form. Yeah, well, um, for sure they did. So, so, I yeah, mean, there, exactly. So,
1: so my, throughout my history, point is, there's inevitably yeah. a million people who just pretended. You know, just. Acted the other gender, and nobody ever knew. You know,
2: I think potentially it to me it could be like backwards stereotyping, if you will, like. Uh you know, it like for example, if y'all said, "Hey, Toby, uh, you're a little bit more feminine. Like you, you, you talk a certain way. You hold your body a certain way. This, that's kind of like what a girl is. Um, you know, you like this. You like this. You, you know, you're into fashion or blah blah. blah. Then it, isn't that just a stereotype? Oh, well, obviously, you, you know, you're you need you're in the wrong body, or yeah. obviously you are gay or whatever like that. Like I, I actually more appreciate the idea of, hey, this is the body I've been given. Uh, no. I don't appreciate it more. I understand more. This is the body I've been given. I'm going to express myself however I need to. Like, I have a penis and I love wearing dresses. No problem. Right, right, exactly. Because, I mean, that's just, you know what I mean? That's that's who you are and that's what you've been given and stuff like that. But, like, honestly, the same way as, like, plastic surgery, I think when so many, you know, a lot of older ladies that I've noticed, uh, especially in the entertainment industry, get, you know, plastic surgery on their face, men too. Um, I'm just like, what are they doing? That's not them. You only, you know, and so I I mean, and it's. I'm even. I'm even saying it's okay to have plastic surgery. I'm not even. I'm not against. Uh, like forcing anybody not to do what they want to do. This is you. You have your freedoms. You have your rights. You, have, you get to live your life exactly how you want to live it. Well, thanks, it's just man. the idea of. I don't totally grasp the whole thing. I'm ignorant to. Well, what, what you, it means Toby. and what it actually is. That was so. very
1: good. And that is hate speech with Toby, ladies and
2: gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are making me look terrible for asking a question. No, I'm, I'm, let, not, I'm letting I'm letting you kidding. off the hook
1: by making the jokes. It's good. My brother was pretty.
0: Bummed after he listened to the podcast episode, Matt i don 't know if you were a part not you you definitely weren't not a part of those email exchanges, but he felt like a deer in headlights when you asked him an evolution question. It's funny because I didn't pick up on it, but then li- listening to it again, it was pretty remarkable because Jared does know a lot about creationism and how in his mind it's way more of a legitimate stance, but he felt like he did give the very trite uh heartwarming Christian response. And you could tell he was just like, Oh, I hate that I said that. And so many people. Well, I'm glad somebody knows how hard it is to do the podcast and not put your exactly. foot in your mouth. Yeah. And I was telling Toby, I said, We're, we're giving, we're affording him something that we have the option to do. But, you know, I don't, I don't think we do it that often. But he actually wrote a post that is coming out in a couple of days to, Actually, explain his Christian viewpoint on evolution. So that's pretty. Oh, that's interesting. interesting. Yeah, I and love I that concept. It it I like
1: good. when people get a taste of their own medicine when they are on the pod. Because I know there's a lot of people that say, man. If I was on there, I would put so and so in his place and do that. And I would, yeah. If I was on there, I would do this. I've heard people say that so much, and they just it, it's a lot harder than they think it is. I can't wait for more people to get a taste of their own medicine there. Yeah, I know.
2: <laughs> and and Jared wasn't being that way. I actually just no, thought no. Jared was kind of being respectful and just. Not yeah. trying not to talk too much or anything like that, which I think he could have said a lot more. So I'm actually glad he got to write the blog post because I think it's really interesting. And also, uh, I think it's neat that he does have some good answers yeah. for what he actually believes and has studied. Yeah, So I think it's really good. I like to have. I actually really enjoyed that podcast. Yeah. I, I mean, even listening, going back and li- I enjoyed recording it, and I enjoyed going back and listening yeah. to it too as well. Yeah, the yeah, ones, I would say... do you think that one, y'all like that one in Bazan, but that was because y'all
1: had somebody live in the room. Do you think that colors your enjoyment of the show? I have to say this though, Matt, <laughs> Tadashi
0: is in my top 3 as well. I would say Jared, Dave Bizarin, and Tadashi. I don't know what it was about
2: Tadashi. I just really liked the guy a lot. He Tadashi was just super comfortable. He's like he's just himself. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he's not putting on yep. anything. He's not uncomfortable. He's like, "Hey, I like I thought it was cool cuz I felt like um he actually liked us a little bit like yeah. he he does a lot of interviews obviously and then he just he <laughs> talked to us and 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 I, and I remember he only was going to give us 30 minutes and he ended up talking like yeah. 50 minutes and I was hey. like oh this is cool we're <laughs> friends I think I've
1: got something hilarious that I want to play if y'all can hear this on my sound effects machine there was a t- there was something in there Joey since you liked it so much I want I don't know if you heard this clip or not but I have a clip of of uh, some awesome interview skills of oh, yeah. Joey <laughs> Is it, that, I pulled this up to Dashi. Is from Was this, this is, aired? Yeah. No, I cut this out because it's retarded. Now, here, l- <laughs> listen. This is really funny. Listen to, what, listen to Joey's uh, journalistic approach here.
2: People online, people at concerts. There's been another entire group of people who've come up. Man, I've had strangers who I've never met come up and go, hey, um, my son has a brain tumor and he's seven. Thank you for being honest. And I just go, what? Wait a minute. What? You know, and they, they stop and hug me and they cry like this, this grandmother and mom cried because their son
0: had somebody who could, who could relate. And I just was blown away. So that's awesome. Hey, so how far do you go back with the Texans? (laughs) Is that for real?
2: Yes, <laughs> yes. I did, that's unedited. Joey Matt had to edit that out. I think oh, that's out. Lord. <laughs> oh my god! Oh gosh, my god! That is horrible. So
1: if y'all <laughs> all got Joey questions all the time and we didn't get on his case, that would be all. The, that's how
0: things go. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I actually had a mother. And Did a you hear, cry? Best, so how far you go back with the Texans, man? The best part is the dismissal. They yeah, they're going to be this year.
0: The funny part is if if you if you see,
1: Tadashi, if you could see Tadashi's face when I say that, he mouths the words "what." The fuck? The best part is the the, the dismissive, like yep, yep, uh huh, oh okay. So uh, hey, how far back? Like, the- <laughs> God, that feels so horrible. Oh, and that was book. your, and that was your favorite podcast. <laughs> so Joey, what were you? Th- I mean, I'm not, I'm not making fun. I'm saying oh. to your memory, what, what do you think you were thinking at that time? Like, I have to ask this question. I can't wait to ask about the Houston Texans. When's my opportunity? Or like, how did, how did that happen?
0: I think possibly, and and this this makes me just seem even worse. But the only way that I could really explain that is if my mind drifted, and and then when he stopped talking, I got caught, which says that I'm a horrible listener. But I, I couldn't imagine actually thinking that would be a great next question.
2: So, <laughs> so Joey, this is this is Joey listening first. First of all, his wife tells him about how she was sexually harassed, and then secondly, a <laughs> grandmother guy, cries. Our, with our guest, our guest, is talking about how his
0: son passed away, and he wasn't talking about his son passing away. Yeah, he was yeah. talking yeah. about other other situations. I know, but how he in. could relate okay, to, to them. I mean, that was
2: that's was what it was. relate, and I just was blown away. So oh, that's awesome.
0: Hey, so how far do you go back with the Texans? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm uh, sorry, Tadashi. I really am sorry. All right. Well, hopefully we can do a little better with our guest today. He is <laughs> Levi the Poet. Uh, he's going to be really interesting. He has a really cool story. We'll try to keep Joey interested <laughs> in Levi's story. <laughs> well, probably no chance of that. But before we bring him on, Toby, why don't you take a minute and tell these folks about the BC Club? Uh, we'd love for you to join the BC Club. Go on our website at badchristian.com. Check it out. See what you think. There's a few different little... last slash contribute. Forward slash contribute. You can check it out and uh, see if you want to support us or not because we're going to be doing a lot of good things. And I don't know if you guys in the last few months have seen, but we put out an ebook written uh, by the listeners uh, called The M Word. Um, for free. We, for free. We put out uh, an album of awesome music called The Lineup. We're going to be doing for that free. Uh, regularly, putting out more lineup volumes and uh, for free. And, and we do this podcast
1: every week for free.
2: For free. So what we want to do is try and. Keep this free for everybody, but we need help doing that. So if you don't want yours to be for free, <laughs> if you want it <laughs> because you to love it so much, because <laughs> I always did think that's weird. Like it's not really for free if you're actually contributing. Well, you but but that's your choice. Yeah, it's your choice. Like yeah, I mean if you don't want to contribute, don't. If you contribute. think it's worth zero? Don't pay. Yeah, totally agree. Now nah, if you just don't day. feel like
1: paying, that's fine. If you say no matter what, I'm not gonna ever contribute. We don't care. Please yeah. continue to listen. There's at least 3 and, and people And you know what? If
2: you don't want to contribute money, how about just pray for us? Just, just pray for us. Throw up a throw up some prayers. But uh one thing I want to talk about is we we're going to have some more Books written by listeners. And uh, I want to throw out a few topics that we would love to talk about and have our listeners uh, talk about, write their stories, uh, kind of like the m word. Let's email these
1: stories at, let's just make this one, stories at badchristian.com. I'll set the email address up before the show comes out. So y'all email stories at badchristian.com if you have any of these. And I'll tell you the one I'd like to hear is people that, uh, there's a giant response to an article I posted on Facebook about people being de-churched or leaving the church or the church not working for them in the future I'm not interested in any any more topic than that. That is just too interesting to me pondering the future and the future of the church and apparently since it was our biggest Facebook post probably of all time is something that the whole world or at least the alternative subculture that we're a part of is interested in so send us stories about that of why you would want to leave church and maybe what what are your thoughts on that. Also I'm going to share some of those comments and make it a blog post this week. So it'll, that'll be out Wednesday. We'll look at some of those things, and then we'll talk about what what would be the future of the church. So those stories, body image, uh, body shame, eating disorders, anxiety, uh, whatever the other ones Toby listed, send those things in to stories at badchristian.com, and we might be able to make some more uh, you know ebooks or just curate some interesting stories and share them with other people. So stories at
2: badchristian.com email. Yep, and we do this because we want, everybody to be open and transparent and know they're not alone that i mean a lot of people are going through exactly what you're going through right now so why not share that why not be more of a a truthful open community where our fears and worries and anxieties and and the sins and all these things control us we 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 would rather hand them over and them not be our identity so yeah just put the title of your story like if you're if you've struggled with weight issues or anxiety or or the way of your christian public life or the christian private life put that in the subject and send us your stories we sure would like to hear on that stories at badchristian.com
1: yeah i think those cuz those things don't define us as
2: christians they right. do not define us
1: but if you can't tell other people if you've never told other people if you have something that you're hanging on to or ashamed of or don't want to put in the light well honestly maybe it does define you then
2: yeah hopefully we can do a little better with our guest today he is (laughs) levi the poet uh he's going to be really interesting has a really cool story we'll try to keep joey interested in (laughs) levi's stories. he'll be up in just a minute okie dokie welcome to
1: the break Audible is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment, information, and educational programming. Yes, I was reading that line, but now I'm going to go off script. This Audible stuff ain't no joke. They have like over 150,000 books audio books you can choose from but you only need to focus on one because you get a free audio book download when you sign up for your free trial today and that's if you go to www.audiblepodcast.com forward slash bc pod now let me suggest to you a book that i love now this is a science book so it might not be for everybody because maybe you don't believe in science But if you are open to it, let me suggest an awesome science and even a physics book. It's called Six Easy Pieces, and it's by Richard Feynman. He's a great physics teacher, and after he had won the Nobel Prize, he went back and taught freshman physics. Physics. So it starts at a level that theoretically any entry level college student could understand. It's marvelous. It takes six uh, lectures out of out of that time when he did that and puts them in a book and an audio book here, no less. So that's what I recommend. But if you're into something different, trust me, they will have it. Tons of great stuff. Go to www.audiblepodcast.com forward slash bcpod for your free audio book today. Also, today's episode is brought to you by the band Wild Earth. They're our band sponsor for this episode. So what that means is they went to our webpage, badchristian.com forward slash band promo and submitted their music. And so we're going to play some of that music, and you're going to get to hear it. And that's open to anybody. That's open to any band that wants to submit and get some ad space on our podcast. And we think it's a really effective, useful, new way to get your music out to a whole bunch of other people. And no, it's not free. We do charge for it. But we believe that the money you spend on this goes way farther than what you spend on Facebook ads and stuff like that because our audience is music-liking people who know how to use the Internet. Anyway, that's badchristian.com forward slash promo. All right, let's listen to some music from Wild Earth. This is from her album called Orchestrate. The track is called My Creator. All right, thanks again to Wild Earth, our musical sponsor this week. That was their track, My Creator, from their new album, Orchestrate. It's out now, and guess what? The Thing is free. It's a free album from Wild Earth. Did you hear what I said? I said the album is free. They're on Come and Live Records. All you got to do is go to www.comeandlive.com forward slash albums forward slash orchestrate or just type wild earth music into google or surf around on come and live's website i think you'll be able to find it and don't forget it's free so you do spoken word is that how you would describe it primarily or what
3: yeah spoken word i think uh i a huge, like at least academically, about poetry. I kind of dropped out to start doing the spoken word thing uh, quite a while ago. But so, spoken but, word. but in a
1: lot of ways, like it's weird because the spoken <laughs> word, like you and some other people do, it seems more related to music than it does to poetry. For instance, that's a good, good question.
3: How, I know. I keep on thinking, man. I'm sure there's an entire demographic of people that actually do the things that I do that I could do something for. And that, that might be fantastic, but I've always done stuff within the music scene. And I know that there's a lot of guys uh, that that have done that or, or are doing it right now. Um, I kind of got inspired to do it uh, back in the day when a guy named Bradley Hathaway had started doing spoken word stuff with a bunch of hardcore bands uh-huh. traveling around. So I've, that's always been the route that I've done.
1: That was interesting to me because when I saw Bradley Hathaway the first time, he was I think he was on tour with Me Without You and some other bands. Does that sound right?
3: Yeah, yeah, that was the show I saw that. Well, so
1: that was interesting to me because that's where it kind of almost makes sense because even back in that time when I saw it is when me without you and Aaron rarely or never sang. Yeah, and all yeah. he did what I from my perception is all he did was kind of yelly spoken word over some heavy music. Yeah. And so then I was like, okay, so you know, Bradley doesn't have a band and Aaron does. It would be yeah, the, like basically yeah. what that was. So that kind of made sense to me, but really it's not music,
3: right? So, I mean, I have started to incorporate more and more music into mm-hmm. the albums that I've done, um, but I'm I'm still no musician. I've I've got a couple of friends in Albuquerque that helped me out with that. Yeah, I mean, the, me primarily, I've only ever just just done the, the lyrical side of it of any of it, and for a long time, um, it it was it was basically Bradley, uh, but a whole lot more aggressive and me yelling uh-huh. a lot. Um, so.
1: And you know who else still hones in on the musicians' territory all the time? Is those comedians? They they say they use all the language of they call their their comedy albums. They talk about yeah. their sets and playing. Yeah. They, we played in Cleveland. Now I played in Cleveland last week at the Improv. <laughs> I mean, everything they do, they copy all the music terminology for. I never understood that either.
2: Well, I think the reason why is just because it's very similar, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's a performance, I guess, is what I would say. But do Br- you say you
3: played? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah I do. I because <laughs> I mean, what I else? Could or you perform, say? I don't know. I don't know what else I am supposed. I mean na- now now there's like some some multimedia stuff and it is more of like a set that uh-huh. would probably warrant me saying that. But um yeah, in the beginning it's like you So played, in you the
2: beginning you nailed. did not have music, you just spoke only?
3: Yeah, I, I'm more just like yelled uh, only. I, I toured with a, a bunch of hardcore bands and um and basically just did what they were doing except without Acapella. the band. So that's great. Yeah. Acapella. Okay. So let's let that, put that like yeah. that, that
2: that seems super intense. Like if people didn't like what you were doing, you could clearly hear them. <laughs> <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like right? Yeah. Like yeah, if, yeah. If, if, if hecklers, I mean, easily like the, the, even like I guess that'd be similar to like the comedy world or whatever stand up comedy. But like if somebody didn't like what you were doing or didn't like stand up, uh, I mean. Uh, uh, spoken word. um I mean, did you did you get heckled? Did I? And you heard it? Did that interrupt your it, flow?
3: Yeah. um I just kind of. I mean, in the beginning, I just kind of yelled louder. There are definitely a lot of people that really, really hated it, and, uh, <laughs> and probably still do. It was awkward, man. Well, in the very beginning, a lot of the stuff was like very, very, very personal, and like. And, and almost like journals aloud and topical and things that like I have a very hard time being comfortable with hearing from other people. Yeah. So uh, it's always been kind of a mystery to me why, uh, you know, I mean, I guess people can relate to it, but uh, it was never something that made anyone feel comfortable ever.
1: Well, one of the big pieces of your story that, that I'm really interested in to hear firsthand is about your dad and that whole situation. Did you write about that in, in your spoken yeah. stuff? Yeah. Could you tell it? Could you give us a background? Explain that whole story and what that what that is and how that related to your music and everything.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. So i grew I grew up. Um, a, I grew up a PK. So pa- you know, my my dad um, did did pastoral work in different churches growing up, and um, and also, you know, for as long as I was alive, um, did did missions work in what we would call access restricted Asia. So. Um, he and he he helped basically like train and equip underground church pastors overseas, uh, and and that was just that was kind of the home that I grew up in. So, um,
2: was he a traveler then? He traveled in America and uh, abroad.
3: Um, he didn't travel as much in America. Like we were always pretty grounded in a local, yeah. uh, a local church. And he, he was always I don't know like had. I mean, did y'all switch churches a lot? Did you oh, move? oh, sorry. Um, yeah. A few times when I was younger, we lived out in California. Um kind of grew up in both the Vineyard and Calvary Chapel movements and then yeah. whenever we came back out to uh New Mexico ended up back at a Calvary there. And that, that was like the church that we went to up until up until um he passed. Um so we did a little bit. Um but when you know one of the one of the things that I, I didn't realize until uh, until getting a bit older um was that my, my dad also Um, he had some sort of, uh, a bipolar depressive disorder. Um, I, I say some sort of, it was like everything that was wrong with him was, it was very atypical. So anytime we would go in, it would, it was always kind of this constant, like, well, it could be this and it could be this. And when I, before I was born, when my, when my dad and mom met, um, my dad had kind of like a first, a first episode. Um, he was hospitalized, he was hallucinating, he was suicidal, full on, uh, like straps over, I mean, full on like white room strapped down scenario, uh, which is kind of, I don't, I don't know. I didn't think so. I mean, I knew it existed, but it's pretty crazy to hear the story from your father. You know? mm-hmm. Um, and so, And it, I don't know, man. I mean, it, it was pretty intense. Like some of the stuff that my parents told me whenever they kind of walked us through what was starting to happen again. What age was that? So that, that, uh, I, I mean, I wasn't even born yet. That was like right. What age did your parents walk you through it? Oh, um, 18. Mm -hmm. I was, I, I was 18. Um, I actually went on a trip to Asia with my dad when I was 16. Um, and then when we came back, that's kind of one of, the, one of the last like really good memories that I have with him. When he came back home, basically what had happened is that the medication that he had been taking for the majority of his life to, to, to try to help counteract some of the psychological and physiologic, physiological uh, r- trauma, really, and, and the places that he was prone to go um, had started to, 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 to fade. Like The effects of the medication stopped working as well. And right around that time, uh, he had to go in for back surgery, which went very wrong. And uh, and then the medication that he was taking for that was canceling out the stuff psychologically and mentally, so he was just all over the place. Um, and wh- basically, I mean, I, what happened is, um, I mean, it lasted a long time, so he was debilitated because of the back problem. Um, but then his his mind, honestly, just over the course of five or six years following my trip to Asia with him, just like kind of slowly, was breaking. And um, I I had been on a tour by myself in 2010. Um, I had proposed to my wife up in up in Seattle, and uh, trying to stay connected with my dad a little bit more. One of the um, I don't know one of the things that I did whenever he his health started to fail is I just I just kind of bounced. I wasn't around very much. I didn't want to be home very much, and um, so when I, 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 near the end of his life, I I kind of tried to make an effort to, uh, you know, I like repent. I repented to him for not being around, and and for not really really caring much. And so I had called him a decent amount throughout that tour. And he was all right. But the day after I got home, I got a phone call from my mom saying that I needed to come home because I needed to take the guns out of the house. Because, oh gosh, something that night had snapped in his mind um, where he was one person the day before, and then the next day, I mean, my mom was afraid that she was going to find him dead via suicide in the guest bedroom oh bedroom at our house and my sister still lived at home my mom was still at home so I went home and it was cr- I mean man you know so much of those months is pretty surreal that was uh, that was at the very end of October um, I we had this family meeting and I took the guns away and as as I was leaving the house that night like my dad just started weeping and and told me that I was taking away his only his only hope for peace and that it would be his only hope for peace for a very short amount of time before he was positive, he was going to be going to hell forever. And and that was like what I left the house with. Um, So over the course of that couple of months, uh, we we got him in and out of quite a few hospitals, um, both, both in New Mexico and actually out in California. Um, he, He went through, through multiple suicide attempts. Um, it it was just, it was, it was pretty crazy. He started, he started drinking, um, a little bit, uh, because it, it's, it was kind of like the only thing that he said would kind of take his shakes away and take the the nerves away. Um, but it got him into trouble, ended up wrecking a car. Um, there was just, there was just a lot of craziness that was going on. And, um, I think he was probably in and out of the hospital, the psychiatric uh, hospital here in Albuquerque for, I don't know, I think he probably went in three or four times. Um, and then in January, actually, it's, I think today, I think four years ago today, today or tomorrow, January 6th or 7th, um, he just went missing. Uh, I got a phone call from my sister. I was living in town and she said, hey, Levi, i um, dad took mom's car, he just called her from this parking lot in Albuquerque and he told her that he loved her and that he loved us and that he didn't want to die um, and that if there was a God he hoped that God would heal him but that if he didn't that he wasn't willing to die at home with dignity and he told her where the car was, and then he disappeared. And uh, it was it was probably three weeks or so. Um, it was three. It was it was three weeks before um, I was actually headed to this local FBI thing in Albuquerque to give them a, a sample of my hair so that they could try to go through, you know, all of the people that had died in Albuquerque to see if they could find him. And uh, I got a phone call during that drive, saying, "Hey, like we pretty sure we found your dad." Um, you know, you need to come home. And, uh, turns out the, the day that he had called my mom uh, to tell her all about stuff, he'd walked across the street to a hotel and slit his wrists in this hotel bathroom and, um, oh and just kind of just bled out on the floor. So, um, it was, it was crazy that, that night was, that night was crazy. I, <laughs> I had bought my sister tickets to go see, under oath on their disambiguation tour, and I was—we uh, were like, "Well, what are we gonna do?" I mean, we, we had—he ar- had already been gone for weeks, and and our life had literally been hell. I mean, I, I was away from the you, house. You assumed that he was gone, uh, he
1: was dead during that time.
3: Um, it was so weird. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can't say, I can't say I had a whole lot of hope. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there were. I mean, we. I remember we got together with my mom and sister to just kind of like halfway through that time to be like, okay, guys, here we are. This is the situation. What are we gonna? If dad's alive, what is it? I mean, it was both ways. It was like if dad's dead, then this is this is the way it is. But if he's alive, then it, well, especially if he's alive and not better. I mean. <laughs> I don't know how it sounds to anybody but my mom and I and my sister had had multiple conversations where it was like I like I believe I personally I believe in, in the healing power of God like I, I've seen uh, other people healed of things before but my mom and I were like man if it's not going to happen with Mark his name was Mark um <laughs> Is it, I don't, we never prayed for his death, but it was, it was like, what would be more merciful? Cause he, he was yeah. just, I mean, torment is the only word that probably comes close to the position that he was in. Um,
2: yeah. yeah. When you're telling the story, honestly, the, one of the things I thought was there had to be, and, and, and I want to be careful, but uh, maybe a, a bit of relief, like, I mean, cause yeah. it had to be un, to see your dad that way and yeah. for your mom to see your husband that way. And then for you guys to go through that and it you know, it'd been going on forever. And, you know, this was, you know, obviously if you had to come and take guns out and all that stuff, I mean, there had to be some form of like, wow. And
3: yeah, no, you're right. Uh, I'm glad that's know. over. Sure. I, I honestly
2: like a, like our, my grandfather when he was just, you know, having dementia and just, you know, everybody, you know, just said, I'm glad that that's over for him. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like to an extent. So I can understand that for sure.
1: Now, although your dad had the paranoia and the stuff like that and talked about hell i in my experience, people that are concerned with heaven and hell and God and eternal stuff like that those those are people that fear and know God, yeah yeah, is that the way that you feel about your dad
3: oh yeah, yeah, i mean you know, it, was, it was it's it's I, yeah, so this you kind of started off by asking, have I written about it? Have I talked about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, I wanted this to be a part of something that that I was able to connect with other people about it. It definitely became a lot of what I wrote about for a long time. Um, the, the responses that we got at the end of all of it were they were really inter- I mean gosh, you guys talk about the kind of responses you get. I can only imagine, but I, I remember posting I, I had written something about my dad. Um, as kind of like a family update, um, following the, the discovery of his body. And, you know, I mean, obviously the, the majority of it is like friends and family. And at that point for me, fans and people that were like, Hey gosh, we're so sorry. But the flip side, I mean, I remember one comment that somebody, somebody had posted on Facebook, something like, Hey man, sorry, your dad's in hell. And, uh, and I was just like, you know, I don't know. I I crazy apology, as a question accept it <laughs> or whatever as, you know
0: as crazy as the question is this was it a sincere sorry or was he purposely being an asshole
2: I don't know
3: yeah don't, no matter what that, he's being no, an asshole I know yeah. Yeah. He's I know being but I an no. asshole. yeah I I don't know I mean I I think I was pretty deeply saddened by it because I I don't believe that no like I, I I think that you um I I I uh I started to kind of look into where that came from. Um, this, like, I, I mean, maybe it made sense to other places, but as far as I understand it, a pretty, pretty like kind of Catholic idea of an unforgivable sin of uh, I think it's called self annihilation. Yeah, um, or
1: saying you didn't have time to repent because sure, you, yeah, or yeah that, like but that. that's that's insane.
3: Well, and so the thing is, I I mean, like. I remember, I, I remember um, a, a pastor that I had listened to kind of during that time. Uh, one of the elders at his his church had had just committed suicide, and I, I remember he had him addressing it with the congregation and and just basically telling them like this moment of weakness was not unforgivable. Like if the same Christ that saved you when He died in the past is able to is able to conquer your sin, which is happening now in the future. Why would that not be so for you know like like for for, for this this thing that happened to one of the, and and I just remember uh, being so glad that I heard that I mean I, I didn't really believe, you know, I didn't really think that, that that had been the case until I heard that anyway but I just um, I just don't believe that like I I think and it's it's kind of interesting the way that all of I mean my whole family kind of views my dad's death a little bit differently anyway. Um, I, I do, I do think that it was wrong. Like I do wish that it wouldn't have happened that way. I wish with all of my heart that some of the things that I've learned, uh, following his suicide were things that I could have learned outside of that experience. Um, you know, my perception of what my dad did, uh, was that he, he like, that he loved us until the end. And I, I really do think that his, his death and his, his decision to take his own life, like, what was i think that he perceived it as an act of love toward us because uh i mean things were bad finances were bad things were like our lives were were like you said there was relief for sure i mean that's not you know that's not being unkind it's just that's that was the extent of it i I wish relief could have happened in a different way like i'm not saying i'm glad that it came about that way but i'm you know I, i kind of like continue to hold on to this thought that man he really loved us, even down to the last decision, which was crazy because he thought that he was going to go to hell. <laughs> I mean,
0: yeah. Yeah. There was actually a pastor in the same uh, town in Charleston that committed suicide around Thanksgiving. And I, I went to kind of a um, uh, three or four <laughs> nights later, joined up with a team of mental health people and another pastor to kind of be with there church folks and one lady expressed, gosh, you know, I just kind of feel done wrong. And she, I think mentioned selfish act and stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, the mental health worker explained, you you don't understand, like he found himself in a position to where he did not see any other way out. And, it, sure. and, and it's a mental illness. Like sure. his mind's not working well. Right. It's not,
1: it's broken. Levi, do you think that your dad was tormented by demons?
3: Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I some of the stories my parents told me about, like tied down to a bed, laying on his back uh, all night, doctors coming in in the morning, flipping him over, him having whip marks on his back, um, like physical open sores. Or um, or later on during the season of time that, that my family walked through with him when I was alive, um, my mom is writing Uh, she's kind of writing a book, a memoir or something like that on on all of this and my sister, she asked my sister and I to to write a little bit about it too and so I was reading through a little bit of it um, earlier and I just, I I wrote in there I just said like I don't want to over spiritualize everything Mm -hmm. because I hate it when people do that and it pisses me off and it's annoying and nobody likes it but there was um, a a demonic oppression on my dad and I I don't, I I hate that like I, I think that uh i don't I don't know what that was i mean you can say that it's uh, it's the what he it's the work he did for missions brother it's this it's that you know i don't i don't know exactly what it is um but i definitely i like i believe that there was an element of that to it and actually it was pretty interesting and you can you know take it with a grain of salt or whatever but my mom uh got some 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 letters from some people overseas in asia that my dad had um had served with in the past and and they told her. Um, you know like we don't know how you think about this here but to us we we are experiencing this as a sort of um, as a sort of martyrdom based upon the the amazing amount of work that your dad did uh, you know here for us in our communities and, and just how much uh, we believe that the enemy hates him for it and so you know we could believe in, in a god that is in control and could could easily have have done away with that uh, that will you know that Uh, that trajectory. But, but I thought that it was an interesting and and incredibly, you know, just thankful and grateful statement from them. So.
1: All right. So one more question I have in this area. So Joey, you can answer this too. And Levi, Uh, your dad was a missionary and all that stuff. Do you think that people with mental illness are more proportionally attracted to Christianity or to ministry? I would say.
3: You want to go first?
1: Or you want me to? Mm.
0: You go first. Uh never have even considered that, and so my reaction would be, in in my from my standpoint, no, that I I don't see the correlation. But obviously, there's a lot of things that go unbeknownst to the person that it's actually happening to. So I'm not discounting that, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I don't I don't see any correlation Levi. personally.
3: I don't think I've seen enough to be able to answer it outside of anything other than my own experience, which mm-hmm. was that one of my my dad's deepest hopes was to be able to sympathize and care for and be compassionate towards people mm-hmm. who are hurting and that and and that largely came out of his own mental illness and depression and I think that for myself um I think I can say, come pretty close to that same fate and been pretty deeply in, in a pretty bad spot as well. I, I think that it probably fuels a lot of the reason that I long to see, uh, that I long to be able to, to talk uh, about it with others as well. But across the board, I honestly don't know.
1: I guess that tips my hat, but I believe that there is a strong correlation there. Toby, you go ahead.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. I, th- I think for sure my, my grandfather was a pastor. I think people are drawn to it, to the ministry, because they have such a real sense of what is evil and wrong in the world and within themselves. And I think that those demons as well as, you know, spiritual and emotional and physical, whatever, mental, uh, I, I actually think they are drawn to that. As a hope of redemption And as a hope To help others I actually believe That's the case I think they really do go Man I know how shitty The world is I want to help others Not to feel like this Because I know I'm, I'm maybe the you know I'm maybe the worst Honestly I even see that Potentially in my own life I feel that way You know what I mean Like I feel like Sometimes I'm the worst person Standing in church And the reason I'm there Is maybe I can share A little bit with other people And I, and I think that idea Because I mean it, Honestly it's really clear to me Like when you watch Movies and TV shows Of just the idea Of a fallen pastor I mean that, that You know what I mean Like uh, he, yeah. I was just watching that tv show i don't know if you've seen that show true detective but just watching that and one of oh one of God. the characters in it is a pastor and an evangelist that you know years later he's just alone and smoking a cigarette and drinking and no longer an evangelist and it i just i mean i saw that in my life there's so many Traveling pastors I saw that just aren't anymore, and just it just they couldn't keep it up, and, and it's because maybe the the demons got too strong or the the bad got too dark.
1: Well, as it pertains to mental illness, that I'm saying that the correlation that I see is that I'm constantly hearing about like if you read stuff pastors say to other pastors and blogs and all that stuff because that whole circuit of pastor wisdom is always talking about how they live and die by their congregation for that that week and the attendance up and down and that's depression that they go in you know like e- from even from the depression level to the mental illness as well. I mean, to me, I think it's very clear that pastors are less stable individuals. I mean, not every single one, but I think they, people that are slightly uh, have some mental illness and issues existing are attracted to the pastoral roles for some reason. I don't know what that so, means, but that's so my you're observation. Saying, yeah, so you're saying
0: people that struggle with depression or or mental unhealthy people are attracted to The pastoral role, or are you saying the pastoral role typically takes someone to an unhealthy mental position? It could be that. Okay,
1: yeah, yeah, it could be both. So, yeah, there's a correlation. Yes. Now, could it be that being a pastor, having that weight, doing all those things? Will subject you to both demonic attack and mental instability because of how intense the the role is.
3: I think that's probably true.
1: So, like, let's look at let's look at stand up comedians. They always say those are dark people with need for attention. Blah blah blah. Right. Well, that's a, honestly kind of a similar role to pastor as far as you're the one on stage, you're the one talking, and you know, there's there's something similar to that and but they say that the it's tragic how the stand up comedians are all this same way. And I'm I'm a big believer in people being attracted to roles and I see very much that pastors seem to be uh have a lot of difficulty uh, with mental illness, it seems like to me. Yeah. That's
3: interesting. I think that's pro- I would love it if um I would I would love it if that is the, especially if that is the case if it were a more open conversation in, in like the church world then as well, which I think was part of the, like here in Albuquerque, we had, we had like a really solid community of people come around our family and we, and we were so incredibly thankful for that. Um, but, but I think that overall and throughout my parents' lives, it was pretty difficult for them because you also see, uh, I mean, what you, okay. So going back to that over spiritualization of everything where it's like, uh, this may be like what you're predisposed like predisposed to, but um, but medicine is bad, and these things are bad, and this is all spiritual, and we can do away with it. And like there were so many people, I think even even towards the end of the course of my dad's life, that was like, I don't know about that medication. Let's like pray against it. And I think that that's good too. But I do think that it's an interesting conversation, especially. If what you're saying is true and if there is that correlation that does exist where those pastors could do everyone a great service by 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 talking about it more
1: well the duality of having to be the pastor and not being able to talk about it probably only makes it worse obviously yes, so yes. Levi do you uh do you worry about having the same genetic components and things as your dad or this being a part of your life or in the future
3: yeah. That was something my parents both told me and my sister that they prayed you know they prayed against in us and for us for our entire lives but uh, well no not but and uh, both my sister and I I think have um, probably dealt with uh, an unhealthy amount of depression and anxiety and I've definitely um, gotten to the point of saying, oh it's worthless let's just end it. I don't know what it was, um, but right around Christmas last year, I, I I went there and I was just I I was in a terrible place and my mind was constantly going back to where my dad was and just thinking, like what have I done? I'm like, gonna yeah. we, I, I I was I was I came to my wife halfway through this year saying, hey, listen. This is where I was at last year and she knew some of it. I was having like panic attacks and freaking breaking down. Um, But to the extent that I felt suicidal or to the extent that I kept on thinking in my mind, I'm going to leave my wife behind the same way my dad left his behind. That that was a terrifying place to be. And I was terrified of that this year coming back into the – I didn't know if it was like a seasonal depression thing or or if it was just like – I didn't know what it was, but I was I I I you know, my wife and I drove around looking at luminarias in Albuquerque on Christmas Eve this year and I just about started crying thinking god thank you so much that I am not in the same place right now that I was last year because yep. it was not a good place to be in.
1: Well, have you looked into indigestion? That's what Toby's dad said it might be.
3: <laughs> indigestion? <laughs> yeah.
1: Now let me ask you this, you have a new album
0: called Correspondence uh, Fiction. Yeah. If someone has never really exposed themselves much to spoken word, yeah. why should they check this out? Like, <laughs> well, I'm challenging you to brag to on yourself. Myself, and, right, there you yeah. go.
3: <laughs> well, I don't know if I'll do a good job of it, but I will say that to anybody uh, that has never listened to much spoken word and wants to start with me, that's definitely the most palatable one that you're going to be able to start with, so um, that's kind of simultaneously throwing myself under the bus and uh, promoting it because uh, it is not nearly as um, I mean you could it's I kind of I was always glad people listened to my albums, but I always thought it was more of a live experience, and I never really would have listened to my albums. but maybe this one, you know, you can actually pop it in and jam it as opposed to making people feel you know, really uncomfortable when they get in your car and I'm yelling about pornography or or something like that. So, (laughs) uh, you know, it's, it's definitely, and it is a fiction. I mean, it's this kind of narrative, uh, story and I don't know if you like stories, then great. That's it.
0: We, uh, we've got to let you go here in a second, but I've got to know more about this Emory guy that yelled oh, at yeah, the I crowd for being a Christian clique man. Okay. Tell us about that.
3: All right, so I don't know who it was. I wish I could remember. Um, but it's it, Toby. Okay, it was Toby. Um, great. I don't it, know.
2: Probably wasn't. Maybe
3: <laughs> it was at. Uh, I think it was a place called Life Fest. It's some somewhere on the East Coast or somewhere that is not anywhere near where I am, and uh, it was a festival that we did. Um I was there performing with another band my wife and I were touring with. Anyway, Emery started playing their show. You did like one song, maybe two, and then somebody got on the somebody somebody got on the mic and, and yelled like way too enthusiastically who out there is a Christian? And every and everybody in the crowd was just like, Yeah! Yeah. And then you yelled, who out there is a non-Christian? And like like maybe one or two people raised their hands, but very tentatively, obviously, it didn't get the applause that the first question did. And then whoever it was on the <laughs> mic just proceeded to rail into all of the Christians about why they do such a bad job at bringing their non-Christian friends to Christian events and how stupid <laughs> Christian festivals are and all of this. Toby
2: sh- Morrell, I this am stuff, ashamed of it you.
3: So, no, no, it was amazing. Like I sat in the back and just laughed so hard. And That's then awesome. you, guys, <laughs> you guys got done and I asked Josh if, if you guys always like always rebuke your audience <laughs> publicly every time you get up <laughs> on stage and start. <laughs> uh, it was so good, man. It was amazing.
2: I've done that several times at festivals, and I, honestly, it's always at Christian festivals because the thing, the reason I I do that is because there is a culture there, and uh, it sometimes it just gets the better of me, and I can't shut my big fat mouth because I just get upset that if that's the case, I'm I'm okay with. It being called Christian entertainment, like we're Christians and we want entertainment. But if it's actually this outreach thing where people, you know, are there's no there's no non Christians there. I mean, what in the you know what I mean? Like seriously, families for their Christian moms. Come on, mom. Exactly. I mean, it's just like come on. And so I've I've said that many times, and sometimes I get some pushback from from it we used to talk about god from the stage and then i just felt like man i just say i it, i just felt like i did it cuz other people did yeah. not because i was really you know you're in a christian band you're in a band and they are christian so this is your chance and so i felt really stupid about that as we got older and and, and we're in a band more and then but there are times where I, like i just pray like god you just give me something to say and it, it might be crazy and it might be terrible and sometimes it is sometimes it makes no sense and sometimes <laughs> sure. it's it's whatever but i just i do believe that the the christian world is just uh really segregated and doesn't even realize it and it's just about hey you come to me we don't come to you you know what yeah. i mean hey we're a hospital for the sick you come yeah, yeah. here to get healing but everybody knows if you're in a we're gonna, war we're the gonna first, call it an outreach
3: and we're gonna yeah yeah, yeah exactly the way
2: yeah but yeah exactly but i mean if you're actually in a war like you know so many people want to call this a war and stuff like that like a spiritual war wherever first care happens on happens on the battlefield you're out there and then you bring them back after they're can get a little bit stable then you bring sure. them to the hospital you know what I mean it's not like oh hey you know what man we're all Christians and we're here listening to this cool Christian rock band now non-Christians are going to come what the hell well, Who's talking likes, about who
3: likes walking around hospitals anyway that's probably yeah, a pretty bad analogy yeah, like, no hey, nobody guys, wants to go to a hospital, to a hospital. <laughs>
1: the, the war analogy is really really funny if you think about it from an outsider's point of view so if you're a non-Christian and you hear Christians talking about how this is a war they uh-huh. what can they assume that it's them <laughs> against
3: they are yeah. and we <laughs> non Christians the wear.
2: Nazis or the, you know the, 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 <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, you're right, man. I never thought about that. They, they have to be the enemy.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> hey, is there anything else that uh, you want to promote or mention uh, before we say goodbye? This has been awesome, man. Talking to you.
3: No, I just I don't know. No, if anything, I just want to say thanks. Um, I think that the BC Pod has been challenging for me and for other. For, for a lot of the, the friends that I have and community that we have, and, and it's cool to be able to, uh, to get to be a part of it. My wife always laughs because she's exactly like Matt probably and just like, kind of mean to people and she always <laughs>, laughs at. she always laughs at me and says why in the world do you always laugh at them when i do the exact same thing and you you uh you like rebuke me for it. <laughs> get, get <laughs> so,
0: dude, a girl a girl version of it is so different man oh Give man
3: it's so good but but it's been good man i mean it's it's been i i think that what you guys are doing is is challenging and and i i mean it it uh it stretches stretches my thought and and i'm thankful for it okay last last thing uh jay newman yeah um yep. he's a guy named named jay and and i've what's up jay and, what's up jay i know he's been out with you guys but we went i think last, when i was on my last run with him uh we had we were talking about bc pod and it was right around the time i think that all of this got started and we were like i don't what is this bad christian and so it was a. Uh, um, probably pretty similar to what you get from most people, where it's like, oh, who wants to be a bad Christian and don't really take the time to understand what's actually going on. Anyway, at yeah. that time, I was like, no, nah, I don't like this. And I, I remember I, fo- I like, followed you for a while, and we, we were sitting there uh, just like getting ready to go into some show. And I remember I got so frustrated with something you sent out. I wish I could remember what it was, but I got so upset. And I, I was like, I put my phone down, and I said, that's it, Jay. I'm unfollowing these guys. <laughs> just, like, so like silly to me now, but um, it's good. I appreciate what you guys do. Thankful for it.
2: That is awesome. I'm so glad you shared that. I I mean, that is, I just love that you don't agree with everything we say or whatever. That's what I want to be. I just want to have like a conversation. I love that, that people are like maybe pissed off at what we say and like even like have an actual reaction to what we say because it's so stupid or whatever, because some of it is, you know what I mean? Like we're not, we're not authorities or even smart. So I'm actually really (laughs) glad you said that. And I'm glad we won you over and and you're here with us, man. we have really been an awesome guest. Last thing, uh, are you going out on the road
3: anytime soon? Probably I don't know though my, we've been touring a lot this year and this year's kind of been a, a different year for us. my wife and I are just home right now we, we toured all the way up until about a week before Christmas and we're oh, wow. kind of like revamping you know if I if I do then it'll be at Levithepoet.net
2: Awesome. So, Levi thank you so much for joining us man We yeah, appreciate you very much having for having
3: me, me. I appreciate it
2: thanks dude yeah we're out Levi thank you
3: thanks you guys I know I've emailed a couple of times so I hope it wasn't bothersome but, no, no it was great no, we enjoyed cool having you man was I'm was sure, sure we could great, have done a lot interview.
1: longer sorry we have somewhat limited time but we're trying to capture our interviews more in real time and we went how long did we go there an hour yeah yeah I yeah, know yeah, so.
3: yeah, so. it makes sense it's good alright All right, dude sweet
2: man well thanks so much for joining us dude
3: yeah absolutely thank you guys have a good day
2: alright man I thought that was a great interview I really enjoyed that yeah I, really, I mean man. I shouldn't say I mean it was really dark yeah It was really dark, and so I don't want to say I enjoyed the – but, I mean, I thought it was – I thought it was – Really open You were impressed with
0: him as a person and a guest.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I thought he was really well spoken. And then I thought it was, man, what a crazy story to have in your past. So um, that's
1: like liking a Facebook post when somebody says, my dog has just passed. Here's a picture. Right, right. Like,
0: yeah, Yeah, totally. Exactly the same thing. It's just hearing those sorts of stories and actually trying to put yourself in their shoes as it was going on. I mean, there's just something surreal about those sorts of things man it's just tough i mean just thinking of him getting that phone call and
2: oh i know tough 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 stuff yeah but he was really fun and interesting but uh now it's that time again you always have that same
1: tone right when we get to about this point of the podcast and it's I like i'm exhausted everybody with knows what it means you guys
2: it's like i'm exhausted i'm tired and i need a pick I mean, the me up there's nobody in the world
1: that doesn't know what's about to happen
2: matt hit it for me joey in a world where a person you do a podcast with thinks that other people's misfortunes are hilarious <laughs> i'm toby morrell and this is news with toby i'm here to report the damn news Why are you so pissed off at the news uh well here's why I say the damn news because I don't I don't think uh your regular news outlets give you the truth and I I reporting the damn news it's the true this news is the
1: damn yeah I agree not only know that I mean? they don't say the word damn because they act like weird robots that talk in a funny way that nobody talks and that's why the news is totally outdated and people don't aren't gonna be at, on watching CNN and these Fox News in the future they're not going such to. a good th- if this is such a good thing then why
0: don't you say I'm here to report the blessed news. Well, most of the individuals Toby reports about
2: are far from that's blessed. Christianese. <laughs> and the news is kind of damning. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, I mean. Welcome to Toby's News, where it's blessed and highly favored. Blessed and
1: highly if favored. If you want to start Joey's praise report, feel free. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, start your praise report. <laughs> this week, Sister Ethel's hip <laughs> has been healed. <laughs> Sister Ethel. My uh, grandma's oh, name's Ethel. Okay, actually, one of
0: our My fans. My grandma's name's
1: Ethel as well
2: is that true (laughs) yes it is that's awesome it's the same person we uh, you know i grew up in a small charismatic church and we had a sister ethel (laughs) they always called her sister ethel even though you know she's like don't you
0: think there's names that you can't name a kid now because it's just too much of an old name like martha no it's kind of like the old names i mean i name my yeah yeah no but there's some of them like uh ruby totally fine but ethel
1: would you name your kid ethel Maybe. Yeah, I kind
2: of really? think it's a cool name.
1: It'll be very cool in 20 years because anybody that thinks of her as Ethel will be, you know, that it won't it they saw yeah, yeah, well, My dad, name at all.
0: my dad's name's Virgil. I couldn't imagine naming a little kid. But that's a good Virgil. thing. That's a good thing. Yeah, that no. means
1: that you once it, once she's in five, 10, 20 years from now, it'll make they're sense. Ahead of the game. Because yeah. uh, guess what? If you can't imagine naming your kid anything current that you think you're being creative with, guess what? You're not. If your name ends in e n, like if you're naming your kid, don't name it Brayden, Grayden, Grayson, whatever. Anything that ends like that, it's gonna be every kid at the school. So you got to go with <laughs> Ethel.
2: All right, so one of our fans actually sent this to me and it's about one of our old guests. Let's see if y'all remember who this is. Pastor who gave up religion for a year says he might not go back. Uh-huh. This is written by Jameson Parker from AddictingInfo.org. Is Rick Bizette. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Jeff Surratt. Um no, it's Ryan Bell. Y'all remember interviewing him? I yeah, actually I thought he was a real I thought he was a great guest, honestly, because he was pretty interesting to talk to, had a lot of Points That he was solid on So I thought it was good Like he didn't back down From what he thought Or believed So I thought it was Pretty interesting But just to give Some of our newer listeners A heads up If you haven't listened to that When he was a former Seventh-day Adventist pastor Who pledged to live 2014 completely God-free To test his faith To see how that would be So basically He just wouldn't pray He said he, said he wouldn't pray He wouldn't read the Bible For inspiration Or refer to God As the cause of things Or hope that God Might intervene Or change his own uh, or someone else's circumstances. So basically that was how he was doing. And so the end has come, you know, it's January now. And so he basically has waited till the last minute. He said he didn't want it to be awkward or people saying anything, but he has now dis- said in, uh, in NPR on December 27th, he said, I've looked at the majority of arguments that I have been able to find for the existence of God and on the question of God's existence or not. And I have to say, I don't find there to be a convincing case in my view. I don't think that God exists. I think that that makes the most sense of the evidence that I have in my experience. But I don't think that's necessarily the most interesting thing about me. He doesn't want that to be his identity. But uh, so he's just going to go ahead. He works with Path, which helps, you know, people, less fortunate people, get good work and uh, good jobs and stuff like that. So uh, he doesn't really want to be called an atheist. And he says that, you know, some atheists are just like Christians. They're, you know, pretty strong on their beliefs and trying to, you know, just proselytize people. But he basically is just going to live his life now without God. So it was a, he was a full pastor and now not.
1: That doesn't sound surprising to me. I mean, he was, yeah, when we talked either. to
2: him was six months ago. And
1: I mean, that sounded like where he was at, at the time. Anybody that was going to be where he is, I, that's probably like, a, unfortunately, when you see people start down a path like that, it's usually not reversible.
2: If you can go a day without God it's kind of like yeah well well it's just why that not, exploring you
1: know? thing like once you set your mind to stuff like well but I, I really want to see what the evidence is and I'm going to do this and I don't I question that and I mean, I don't know, because I guess some people would say we're on that path. Eventually, there'll be this, and then they're going to throw everything out. But with, for instance, Dave Bazan and people like that, you see them, and then you know, six months later and a year later, and it's kind of predictable where that that type of thinking will lead. I'm not saying yeah. don't question your faith or doubt or anything like that, but
2: yeah, I did think this article though is a little weird. I was going to say this for the end. This is in the middle, right of the article, but um, this this blogger Jameson Parker, he wrote after his decision to live as if there is no God. Things didn't become easier for Bell, and and, and Ryan talked about this on the... Uh, However, it wasn't God who had forsaken him, but people. Almost immediately, two Christian schools where he worked as a teacher fired him. He was now a single parent with two young daughters to care for, so things were grim. Luckily, an atheist blogger heard about the, his experiment and started an online fundraising campaign that ultimately raised $27,000 to help support his family during the year. Around the same ta- time bell took his passion for helping people into the secular world and got his job at path two things about that really stick out to me first of all they hired him to be a christian teacher <laughs> so of course you, you 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 know what i mean like if, if a plumber goes yeah i'm gonna try a year without plumbing will you
1: pay me <laughs> the same thing happened to uh mine and bridget's doctor she was she's was, you know family doctor and then she decided to start doing middle
2: eastern shamanism and they fired her <laughs> No, you let her go. Yeah, but you guys are jerks. And then here's the other thing that's funny. Luckily, an atheist, an atheist blogger, the good guy, heard about the experiment and did an online campaign. Why didn't that atheist blogger do it uh, two years ago when he probably needed money too and he was a Christian? <laughs> he's only doing it because he's an atheist, just like the Christians did. Well, the question. He didn't give two shits about Ryan before he wasn't an atheist, but now that he's an atheist, yeah. Let me rate. Let me do an online campaign for you because I'm a good guy. How no, many? If, if Ryan would have said, "Hey, I'm a Christian now," I think the atheist blogger would have been like, "Well, damn it." That was a lot of money.
3: I how, mean, how you know, many
2: people would give up God for twenty seven five? Is what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I thought too. Did Ryan? We should have Ryan back on because I did wonder. Like, after a, honestly, probably a, a majority of atheists sent him a bunch of money. Like, did a, a fundraising campaign? Is he really going to go? Oh yeah, that twenty seven thousand dollars. <laughs> I, I I still believe in Jesus. <laughs> you know, he has to almost say no. Toby,
1: your dad would say, "Pay me twenty seven thousand dollars. I won't
2: ever go back to church." <laughs> I'll go to church and give me $27,000. Exactly what my dad would say for sure. All right, moving on. Woman sues company for putting her face on a flask with a rehab joke. I thought this was pretty cool. This comes from the AP. This is Santa Fe, New Mexico. A New Mexico woman is suing a novelty products maker over a flask that includes her likeness and the phrase. So it's basically a flask with her picture on it. And it's from, the picture actually looks like it's from. I don't know, 1950s or something when she was younger. But it says, I'm going to be the most popular girl in rehab. The Santa Fe New Mexican reports that Veronica Vigil alleges Ann Tainter Incorporated obtained and used her high school graduation picture from 1970 without her permission and then put it on the flask. The lawsuit says that the Brooklyn, New York-based company then defamed Vigil by linking her image to a product that makes light of the substance abuse. And I thought this is kind of funny. Um, She she says, uh, "Court documents show resident is an active church member and doesn't consume alcohol or drugs."
3: <laughs> but
2: she'll sue like a mf'er.
3: <laughs>
2: I mean, I don't drink, I don't do drugs, I attend church, but I will sue your ass I'll as soon as ass. I can. So yeah, so that's good. That's I mean, that, you know, so great Christian story. Is there. Is this a, a th- like? Why did they
1: choose her as another thing of just poor business on on poor business planning where they just lifted an image without
2: getting the clearance? yep i think that's exactly what it that's was the second or, yeah, news I,
1: with toby story where we've had that happen
2: yeah i know i, I mean i guess i mean that's going to become more and more of a thing because they used to people used to could do that and you didn't have the internet and couldn't find it you know what i mean they just take a high school graduation picture and oh look we found this one at you know roosevelt high here put it on this flask and it's done but now you see flask you know somebody said hey that looks like you and it is me yeah. i'm gonna sue i'm gonna get my money for it so i it doesn't really say i mean she says she's uh Looking for an unspecified amount of compensatory compensatory is that right? Compensatory, compensatory and punitive damage. So she's looking for money. I mean, just because her picture was on there. And I mean, honestly, she should have just thought this is hilarious. Good point on Christian divorce.
1: I mean, Christian uh, lawsuits. Feel free if y'all want to. According to the pastor. All right, let's get to this next yep. story, Toby. It sounds yep. good.
2: Yep, I'm going to sue later. Y'all won't like this one, but this one it's it makes me seem so childish and dumb. But I almost want to say the last sentence and y'all won't yeah, say anything. And we this is the end of the podcast. Kind of want to do that. Okay, we'll see how we'll see how it plays out. Y'all know me. What do you think it's going to be about? What do you think would make me laugh out loud every time I read it? Farts, poo poo, okay. wiener, something. Okay, okay. Let's see if y'all are right. This comes from the Huffington Post. Man, they're awesome. New Mexico woman tried to sneak gun into jail in her genitals. (laughs) That's not the the sentence that made me laugh out loud.
1: Do you want to just skip to that one and that'll be that?
2: No, I want to read this whole thing. I I I, I want y'all to hear the story because you need a little context. Cops say she's gonna be sorry because she tried to sneak a firearm into jail. K-O-A-T reports that Josephine McAllister, who's 34 years old, of Albuquerque, New Mexico. These New Mexico people, man, they're wild. Allegedly tried to sneak a gun into a jail that was concealed in her genitals. McAllister was originally booked on December 16th in connection with fraud charges related to allegedly stolen credit cards. The woman is accused of going through jail security and promp- promptly throwing the gun away in the trash. <laughs> she walked through, pulled it out of her vagina, and threw it in the trash. <laughs> That's where the firearm was allegedly found by an inmate who, aler- who alerted the authorities, a snitch. Uh, the Albuquerque Journal reports that McAllister told authorities she hid the gun in her waistband, but a criminal complaint says otherwise. Knowing how in depth the PTC or Pris- prisoner transport center officers search prisoners, there is no way that they could have missed it on in a waistband. A deputy wrote the complaint. McAllister now faces a charge of bringing contraband into a place of imprisonment. Do you have anything you want to say before I read the last two <laughs> few sentences? No, I no, think I it's self-explanatory. It. Y'all get it? Yeah, we okay. we get the picture. <laughs> It was not too long ago that another woman tried the same trick. In 2013, Christy Harris of Oklahoma was sentenced to 25 years for trying to sneak a gun into jail via her vagina. I'm starting to cry here. She also tried to sneak meth in her anus. <laughs> 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 That's what
0: all this was about. <laughs> <laughs> meth in her anus. <laughs>
2: I mean, Uh, that's uh, the end uh, of the article. She also tried to sneak. (laughs) She also tried to sneak meth in her anus, (laughs) and that's the end of the article. That's it. End of article. Oh (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) I promise, I'm crying here every time I read that. (laughs) (laughs) She also tried to sneak (laughs) (laughs) meth. She also tried to sneak meth in her anus. I just, oh back man, you, that Barbara. just got me. That just got me. Like it's just hilarious. Like meth, <laughs> it's meth. Hey, try to read it. it. Is, they, it they to, to it it like anus. A, they couldn't. Try to
1: read that sentence like a newscaster with a newscaster voice. Yeah, no, Joey, can you do it? Laugh. She also tried to. <laughs> no, read the whole read the whole last line and then say a throw like back to you or something you know. Okay. She also tried to. No, what's the line before that? The whole thing.
0: In 2013, Christy Harris of Oklahoma was sentenced to 25 years for trying to sneak a gun into jail. <laughs> <laughs> you're me. not using right, it. Time. Time. Right. You got to say Read it like you're Peter Jennings or something. Yeah. In 2013, Christy Harris of Oklahoma was sentenced to 25 years for trying to sneak a gun into jail via her vagina.
2: <laughs> Go
0: ahead. Keep
2: going. She... <laughs>
0: <laughs> Your cackling over here is killing me. She also tried to sneak meth in her <laughs> anus. Toby, back to you. <laughs>